0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the manager of the podcast as well as BT Powerhouse. And we're continuing on with our season preview series tonight. uh, And we continue on with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who are coming off a pretty solid season with an NCAA appearance, uh, excuse me, NCAA tournament appearance in there. Uh, To help us break them down, we have Tom from uh, the Daily Gopher and the SB Nation Network. Uh, Tom how's it going and uh, if I believe this is the first time we've had you on the podcast so if you could let people know uh, who you are and, and what you guys do over at Daily Gopher.
1: Sure um, happy to be here Thomas thanks. Um, so yeah I've been I founded the Daily Gopher uh, 11 or 12 years ago um, and we cover football and basketball pretty heavily hockey a little bit because hockey is kind of a big deal where we are. Uh, so we have a couple <laughs> hockey guys, but we are one enjoying this football season quite a bit and two kind of looking forward to a unique uh, basketball season coming ahead.
0: Certainly, yeah, and why don't why don't we start with with that point and we appreciate you joining us here. Uh, Minnesota entering, as you said, it should be a pretty interesting season. What's the mood? What's the feeling among the Minnesota fan base as far as uh, expectations and hopes and, and thoughts? Uh, entering the season?
1: That's a good question. I don't know that I've gotten a real good take on what the mood of the fan base is. Um, we graduated a lot, uh, mm-hmm. but we also are bringing back a ton of new faces. So nobody really knows <laughs> what to expect. I think uh, from a high level or from a distance from people who aren't really paying attention, we'll hear a lot of. You know it's year seven with Patino, and we should be expecting uh, NCAA tournaments by at this point, right? There's there's no time to rebuild when you're six, seven years into a program. But on the other hand, you're bringing in seven new faces, and you're replacing three guys who were essentially three starters for three and a half years, and at least last year accounted for the vast majority of your minutes and points and rebounds. um you know they were the go-to guys so there's a lot of question marks on this team and so to say that the expectations should be an NCAA tournament if you if you look closely seem a little crazy uh but you get a lot of people who don't pay real close attention here uh you know in our market we've got all these pro teams plus the gophers um and so people don't pay a a lot of attention to go for basketball say uh, but from a distance you we're going to get a lot of people who will be disappointed if they're not uh very competitive sure
0: yeah and i i tend to agree with that opinion i think if you look at it from the thousand foot view yeah he's entering uh what is this as he you said you're you're seven now wow uh time passes by quickly right. Um, but, uh, but at the same point, I mean, clearly the, the program has, has picked up a little momentum lately. Uh, I think last year the Minnesota kind of got the short end of the stick with, with Murphy's injury late, um, and drawing Michigan state, oddly enough in the the second round of the NCAAs. Uh, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens this year, but, but certainly, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, the seven year thing is is a fair, uh, analysis point. Right. Uh, just just give it it's
1: it's not like we're a blue blood program right i mean there's another piece to (laughs) that that comes with expectations is that people look back to and they automatically assume that clem haskins back in the 80s was taking this team to the sweet 16 every year well it didn't happen that way it happened a couple times and that's what people remember
0: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and well uh, you, you touched on a little bit of it, but uh, but if you could take just a, a minute or two here just to, to talk a little bit about what Minnesota's losing this offseason. As I, as I said, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but uh, just let our listeners know as far as uh, Minnesota, the departures that they're going to have to deal with this year, as well as uh, the new pieces uh, that the team is adding.
1: Yeah. So first and foremost, they're, they lost, they graduated Jordan Murphy, who, and I don't know, where he finished in terms of which all big 10 team he was on last year, but he was all big 10. He's top 10 in the big 10 rebounding for career. He's top five for the Gophers rebounding career. Um, And a lot of that, if they're playing a lot more games, but the guy was productive. Mm -hmm. He's, he he scored a ton. He was reliable. He played good defense and he's, you know, he's, he's essentially started for three plus years Um, and, and always played was never injured until, until the second round of the NCAA tournament of his (laughs) senior year, which was very unfortunate, like you said. Uh, so you lose Jordan Murphy, who some people think his number may be retired. I I'm not convinced he was an all-time great. I think he put up a lot of big numbers because he played more games than most previous players. But, but regardless, the guy was incredibly productive. He was an all big 10 caliber player. And then, You know, out on the perimeter, you had Amir Coffey, who was also an All-Big Ten caliber player, who left early, wasn't drafted. But his whole goal all along was to get that two-way contract, which he got with the Clippers. And you have a guy that that was, he was sort of the go-to guy on the perimeter. You couldn't really, if you needed a basket in the last 10 seconds, it was tough to go to Jordan Murphy because he was more of a back-to-the-basket kind of guy, or at least play within 10 feet of the basket. Uh, Coffee was the guy that could get by people, and he could shoot pretty well. For a team that didn't shoot the three very well, he was probably their best shooter. Uh, and, you know, he was a f- – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was a 15, 16-point-a-game guy, uh, and you lose him. And then thirdly, you lose to Pre-McBrayer, who most people – May not know that name, but the guy's been starting since halfway through his freshman year. Pretty good on defense, uh, goes to the basket real hard, got fouled a lot, got to the line a lot, and was a double-digit scorer for his career as well. Uh, So all three of those guys combined for, and again, I don't have the numbers, but they combined for 60 70% of the points last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a lot. So you're losing those three guys who were productive, uh, they ate up a lot of minutes, and they were your leaders on your team as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you hit on the big three right there. I mean, as you said, three really productive players, and specifically with Coffee and um, Murphy. I, as you said, I'm not sure if they're they're all time program greats, but they're certainly two of the better players Minnesota's had in you know a decade or two, no problem. Um, and then you add in you know some of the depth pieces too, like Stockman, like Washington, uh, and and Minnesota forgot
1: about Washington yeah, transfer. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, Minnesota's losing a lot this off season. There there's some pieces coming back. Um, but on on the flip side, as far as uh, new additions. Um, who are the guys you're, you're focusing on as far as new recruits and or uh, new transfers? Sure. So there's
1: seven new faces to the program. Um, four of those are true freshmen and I'll get to those guys, but two of them uh, are traditional transfers. So they were actually with the team a year ago. So they're new faces to us. They're new faces to all the fans, but but they've been with the program for a year. So at the very least, they, they're at least in the system. They know mm-hmm. what we're running. They know what to do defensively and offensively. They're, they already have a, a way of, of, you know, working with the other guys on the team and having some chemistry there. Uh, so that starts with Marcus Carr, who will be the team starting point guard. And I've been able to see a couple practices Okay. And I'm willing to say this, that Marcus Carr is their best player wow. and and will be a, one of the better point guards in the Big Ten. The kid is uh, pretty darn good. So he played at Pitt uh, as a four-star recruit, went to Pitt, played his freshman year. I don't know if he was all SEC his freshman year.
0: I mean, uh, like all freshman ACC. team, I mean.
1: yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I was thinking of the next guy I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Right. I I believe he was on the all-freshman team, but I'm not 100% certain on that. But but then they fired their coach, so he transfers to Minnesota because he had been considering Minnesota out of high school anyway. Uh, and he's, he's really good. He can shoot. Uh, he can get to the paint. And more than anything, the first thing I noticed when I was there for a couple practices was he's the leader of this team. He's the guy that's putting people uh-huh. where they need to be. Everybody looks to him. He's the guy that's going to be coming off of pick and roll with Daniel Oturu um, and be making the decisions with the ball, and I think he's going to be pretty good at it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's going to be different than Nate Mason, who was our point guard, you know, a few years ago, mm-hmm. who was more of a scoring point guard. But Carr's going to be a scorer and and the facilitator. Uh, he's he's pretty good. I'm pretty high on him. The other guy is Peyton Willis, who comes from Vanderbilt. Who um, he will be starting at the three, so he'll he'll assen- so he'll essentially be starting at the spot vacated by Coffee. Um, he's going to be more of a defensive player and a shooter. You're not going to see him put up a ton of points, I don't think, but he's he's going to be a, a solid contributor, eating up a lot of minutes. Uh, so those are the two traditional transfers. The third guy is the grad transfer which is the hot thing in college basketball these days so power forward <laughs> uh alihan Demir. yeah
0: I yeah I have your, that name your right. guess
1: is as good as mine we're, we're gonna learn it very quickly alihan <laughs> is his first name i know that much um he's he comes from drexel power forward uh he's so he'll be filling in for jordan murphy's shoes And he's going to be more of a shooter. The guy's a pretty darn good shooter. So Murphy was a banger. You know, he got a lot of points, second chance points, uh, scoring while while fouled because he was pretty strong and a big, strong base. Uh, This guy's going to be more of a shooter, and he's crafty around the basket. So he's going to be – he's crafty around the hoop, but he's going to make a lot of threes, which will be a – something different for this program sure sure um so there's those are the three transfer guys and then you've got four freshmen none of them were were big names out of high school trey williams is the biggest name he was a four-star played in utah at a prep school shooter goes to the basket hard uh, actually been pretty impressed with him in the two practices i've seen he, he kind of came on late in the recruiting process. and So not a lot. He committed to Minnesota, and then a lot of guys came after him later uh, as he went through his senior year because he didn't sign till the spring. Uh, he's going to be pretty good. He might be your first or second guy off the bench, probably your second guy off the bench. I um, mean, he'll be a shooter, which, again, this team was last in the Big Ten in three-point attempts and close to the bottom in three-point percentage. That's going to change pretty dramatically this year. Uh, So Trey Williams, who am I missing? Brian Greenlee will be a backup point guard who, who signed very, very late. He had a number, he had some offers like Iowa and some smaller schools, but he got other guys always committed before he really had a chance to get to know the school. So he just kind of fell through the cracks. Gophers picked him up. I think he's going to be a surprise in terms of, he's going to be a solid 10 to 12 minute backup point guard that that plays really good defense and not going to be able to create on his own. Um, who am I missing? Uh, I am Isaiah uh, Innen is an interesting kid who comes from Germany. He's six, nine with a seven foot wingspan and freakishly athletic. Um, he's interesting because at times when I've watched him, he'll be running some drills and he'll come around and he'll, he'll make four out of five threes and it looks smooth and you're like who is this kid (laughs) and then he's going to do the same drill and he's going to throw up two bricks and you think there's no way he should ever shoot a three in a game (laughs) Uh, so super athletic incredibly inconsistent but in spurts absolutely changes the game so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him he'll probably be about eighth eighth ninth guy off the bench and every once in a while he'll make an impact in other games he'll just be a guy and then hopefully in the next couple of years he might he might be pretty good he ended up being a four-star recruit again kind of coming on late but playing in germany in a weird league and nobody really knew how to evaluate him oh and then the last guy is sam freeman Uh, he's a big guy out of texas Um, and he's gonna have to play with the injury to eric curry he, he's got a man's body for being a freshman in college, big strong guy. I don't think he really gets the offense very well yet. I don't. I, I think he's going to struggle early, uh, but eventually might be might be a big strong rebounder in the Big Ten who can score a little bit. But he'll never be more than a six to eight point a game kind of guy, and it won't be this year. Uh, he'll he'll probably be tenth or eleventh off the bench, but he's going to have to play some since. Eric Curry tore ACL again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's probably something we should mention as well. Obviously a, a big loss for the Gophers. Um, but as, as far as the newcomers, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like here. I mean, you, you mentioned the two traditional transfers who you expect to, uh, I, I think both will contribute pretty significantly this year. Um, obviously yeah. the the insight in Dakar is, is, is pretty notable. Um, and then you have Demir as well, who, who's a guy who I think could, compete for a starting job immediately. And then you have the the four true freshmen, including uh Aynin, who you said uh international prospect, who are just they're always a shot in the dark. I mean, sometimes they come in severely underrated, sometimes severely overrated. So we'll we'll see. Um but obviously some some depth pieces that Gopher fans will hope develop in yeah. the uh in the years to come. Um, but with that, uh, taking a step back a little bit, um, As far as the the team as a whole, uh, what, what are the things you're the most excited about? What are you most optimistic about as far as the Gophers? And then conversely, what are you most
1: concerned about as we enter the season? Okay. Well, one, I'm pretty excited just because there's a lot of unique pieces here. I just rattled off seven names and talked for quite a while because there's all these new faces that nobody knows anything about. And it's kind of exciting, right? Uh, You know, I've gotten to see him play a little bit. And I think Patino got lucky in a few ways. uh, Because most of this class signed super late, at least the four freshmen. Um, They signed late. Nobody was all that excited about this recruiting class. He kind of botched it with some local kids early. Um, And, but I think he got kind of lucky. Like, So I'm excited to see how these guys play out. You know, there's, seven new faces to go together with. And we haven't even talked about Daniel Oturu or Gabe Kelscher who were freshmen last year, who are mm-hmm. going to make up along with Carr, the core of this team. And they're actually really good. That threesome is really talented, uh, but then the rest, right? So who knows? So it's kind of exciting when there's all these new faces and you're not sure what's going to happen. We do know they're going to shoot a lot. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Uh they added, three or four shooters who are all going to be better than some of the guys who were playing last year. Um, And so that'll be fun. It'll be a slightly different style of basketball. It's still, it'll be a lot of high pick and roll with shooting a lot of threes. And if, if they turn out to be a decent shooting team, then it'll be interesting at least. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think where they're really going to struggle is rebounding. I think that's going to be a major concern. Or uh, is probably going to be a 10, 12 rebound guy per game. And then after that, they're going to need guards to rebound. Uh, they're, they're not going to be a big team. They're going to be a team, you know, like I said, they're shoot. Yeah, Patino wants to have four shooters on the floor at all times. And so Demir as a power forward, gives them that, but I don't think he's much of a rebounder. Um Aynan, when he's playing is a six, nine wing, but I don't know if he's, going to be the kind of guy that's attacking the rebounds so it's gonna that'll be their biggest problem is getting rebounds and that might kill them at times especially in the Big Ten
0: yeah yeah I mean I'm I, I think from from my perspective uh, I I think Gopher fans should be very excited about as you said that core of players I mean you're talking about two three guys who are really proven at, at the Big Ten level I mean obviously Carr's kind of a, a not as yeah. proven, um, right. but, I mean, you at least have two guys who are proven. A lot of teams don't have that coming into the season, so I think that's something to be excited about. And then just the the slew of potential breakout players. I mean, uh, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, you're talking about transfers who have already sat out a year. These are not true freshmen showing up from high school, yeah. you know, finishing up a camp. Uh, so I think that's really encouraging to have those to have the freshmen and then also to have some players uh, as well that are, that are returning from last season. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them, but guys who could theoretically take step forward uh, or excuse me, steps forward this season. So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I, I hate to use this term cause it's kind of weird, but you know, the, the bullets in the chamber, you know, Minnesota has yeah. a lot of them. They just need a couple, a couple to hit around that core. So, I mean, having so many, uh, potential shots here, I, I think is really encouraging uh, for the team coming into the season. Conversely, yep. uh, they're losing a lot. I mean, they're bringing in a lot, but honestly, I, I, I'm i doubtful that they're bringing in more than they are losing, at least for this season. Uh, you know, you're talking about guys like Coffey and Murphy that could produce not only at the Big Ten level, but a nationally relevant level. That's yep. not easy to do. And college basketball is a game that, for better or worse, is is largely controlled by you know who has the best guy on the floor uh, and who has the second best guy on the floor. Not necessarily who has, uh, you know, the the fifth best starter or the best sixth man or, or something like that. It's often decided by you know. Look at Michigan State last year with Cassius Winston. How many games he won for them last year? So I mean, yep. that's they're going to need a guy who can show up in big moments carry them against the, the tough teams. And for those five, six minute stretches where nothing's fallen, um, you know, a guy like Murphy or a guy like coffee could, could get them a bucket, could get them a big play. Or get to Uh, the line. They were good at that. Yeah. And, and who's going to be that guy this year? I I think that's a question mark. Uh, Aturo certainly is a, is a option there. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Carr uh, could be an option as well. We'll see, but that's, that's something that I'm, I would be concerned about. And then of course, uh, just, especially up front with, with, uh, um, Curry's injury as well. Uh, you, you have to wonder a little bit about the depth, uh, up there and, and how they're going to be able to bang down low with, with some of the bigger teams. I know, uh, today's game all about shooting threes and, and play on the perimeter, but there are still some teams in college basketball that will hit the boards and will play physically. Uh, you know, you look at a team like Michigan state, Um, maybe not Purdue as much this year, but, uh, some of those teams and, and, and you wonder, Uh, Wisconsin, uh, yeah, yeah. You wonder how some of the, uh, they're going to compete in, in some of those games with a front court that I don't want to say is foul prone, but, uh, it looks like it could be thin if Arturo gets into to foul trouble. Yeah. They're in big
1: trouble if Arturo gets in trouble. Uh, those are, those are some big question marks, right? Is who's going to. I, I really firmly believe that Calcher and Tour are very talented players. Uh, they're really good, but are they able to step from being freshmen who are pretty good playing, you know, when you've had Coffee and Murphy who could carry the load? But now they got to be the guys along with Carr. They got to be the guys. And are they capable of doing that? Uh, that's who knows. But yeah, interior depth and rebounding are major question marks. Yeah, Uh, And and it's, you know, replacing those guys, those three main guys, replacing them is going to be, it's this weird mix of more than one guy, right? You're not replacing a one for one. You're replacing three with seven, uh, which doesn't, that doesn't really work in college basketball, but then you're also replacing it with sort of a style change. It's like, well, before we went through Murphy, because he was Murphy, uh, now we're going to have to do it completely differently, and that's what this season is so interesting to watch. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see how it plays out. Certainly, yeah, and I, I think that's a good point as well. Um, the people who
0: listen to every podcast are probably so sick of me saying this, um, but you know, it's 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 a big step. You know, you got to find a star player or two, and yeah, as you mentioned, that step from really nice freshman upstart, you know, maybe a surprise on the scene a little bit uh to the next level where people are expecting you to produce and uh they're going to be they're going to look at you with a critical eye every game mm-hmm. uh that's that's going to be a challenge so we'll we'll see what happens but obviously uh minnesota does have some potential answers to those questions but um but with that why don't we take a a brief look at the schedule here um you know not going to ask you to uh pick it game by game or, or anything like that. Um, but Minnesota, they do have a a pretty intriguing non-conference schedule. You know, they get Oklahoma, they have road games at Butler and Utah. Um, they're going to get DePaul and and Clemson at home. Uh, what do you make of the non-conference slate? And then, you know, generally we kind of know what to expect out of big 10 play, but is there anything that you're uh, particularly looking forward to, uh, in the league slate this year?
1: Well, Um, They do have a pretty interesting non-conference schedule, like you said. They're they're playing a lot of power five teams. And Bettino had come out and said this near the end or after the season last year that, you know, as the NCAA tournament's changing how they determine what teams get in, it was pretty obvious that teams that played a tough schedule had more, you know, preferential treatment for getting a bid and he yeah. and he, he was pretty upfront about that at the end of the year He's like well we're going to play we're going to play other power 5 teams cuz beating south dakota state doesn't do as much for you as beating even if you're beating a low level big 12 school uh, but if you can beat other mid level power 5 schools that's great so now with that said you have to win those games right you're playing oklahoma you're playing at butler and you're playing at utah those are that's their second third and fourth game of the year uh, so Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma is is that the neutral site game in Sioux Falls? Yes. Yeah. And then at Butler, then at Utah. So this team that is brand new and really young is getting three, you know, a neutral site and two true road games in their first four games of the season. Now they're not playing Kansas, but they're playing some, you know, other Power Five teams. So that's pretty interesting. They get Clemson at home in the Big. In the Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, they play Oklahoma State, they play DePaul. So they're getting some challenges early, and they're going to have to win some of those if they want to consider themselves an NCAA tournament team. Mm-hmm. And and then when we get into the league, you know, the league is the league. I mean, the Big Ten is just fun because everybody is, it's a good league. It's It's a tough, it's a league that requires toughness. And that's one thing I don't know if this team has yet. But I don't know. The Big Ten just fun. We always look forward to the Wisconsin games, the Iowa games to a lesser extent. Uh, I personally love watching Michigan State play, and it's always a horrible matchup for us, just style of play, the way that we defend and the way that they run their offense. and uh, But I, I love watching Michigan State play, so I look forward to those games. Uh, which, yeah. Uh, I was pretty – in our Purdue games are always great games for whatever reason. That's a matchup that you know we won twice against Purdue late last year to really boost our tournament resume uh, when Purdue was pretty darn good. So those games are fun too.
0: Yeah, yeah, you guys have, have had Purdue's number uh, as of late. Um, but uh, the the main couple couple takeaways I have is you know I I love this schedule from the non conference perspective. I think this is a great slate. Uh, if you're a team that thinks you might be on the bubble and need that extra boost, because all of these non-conference games, as you mentioned, they're tough, but they're all winnable. I don't see a single non-conference game that I I would say, yep. When Minnesota shows up to the gate, it's over. Uh, right. You know, as as they would if they played to Kansas, something like that, where. It's just the deck is already stacked before you get into it. So that's what I like. And, you know, they can afford losing one or two because they have the opportunity to score uh, solid wins with the other teams. The other thing is, is um, the opening to Big Ten play is going to be really tough for uh, Minnesota this year. Um, Of course, as a reminder, everyone, we have that little Big Ten appetizer in December. And then we have the real uh, start of conference play in January. But Here are Minnesota's opening six games at Iowa, Ohio State, at Purdue, Northwestern at home, uh, at Michigan State, and then Michigan at home. Uh, That's a very challenging slate. Five of those teams made the NCAA tournament last year. And you're also including road games in East Lansing and West Lafayette, both teams that are currently projected in the top 10 on Ken Palm. So uh, top seven, actually, Purdue's at seven. Right Within so, a week, uh,
1: you're going to Purdue and Michigan State. Thanks, so brutal, Thanks Big
0: Ten. <laughs> brutal start. Yeah, a lot of it is going to be you better win that game against Northwestern. Uh, you better hope to steal one against either Iowa or Ohio State. Um, yeah. And then just keep your head and, and get back on track. But should be a fun slate. Uh, but but like I said, it it will definitely be challenging um moving on to a, a little bit uh back into the roster here um starting lineup uh do you do you have a prediction for the lineup
1: yeah um, and it's, if so I think it's pretty clear oh, yeah. actually go ahead you can finish your question
0: well yeah I was just gonna say what's what's your prediction if you do
1: I think it's pretty clear what the lineup's gonna be um they played uh seeing them in practice then seeing their lineup from when they played Iowa State in a scrimmage on Saturday and when talking to some of the players at the Media day, it'll be Carr at the point, it'll be Kalshner at the two, Willis will start at the three, four will be Demir, the Drexel grad transfer, and five will be Oturu. Excellent.
0: yeah that that is the exact lineup that I had in my uh, season yeah. preview that that posted earlier this week for our, for our listeners. Go check it out plug plug um yeah, but, uh, um, yeah I, I agree I, I think that's what you're gonna see and and we'll see who sort of works out as as the backups there but I it, it's a relatively experienced lineup all all things considered I think that's something that has to be encouraging no freshmen uh in there which is rare and rare yeah. in today's college basketball also no seniors um, yeah well well Demir is technically oh Demir um, I
1: forget about him
0: yes yeah sorry. <laughs> but nobody else. Nobody else is a a true senior. Um, but uh, but yeah. With that, um, why don't we get to the part everybody loves, which are our season predictions here. Um, what's your prediction for Minnesota this year? Uh, how do they do in the Big Ten? And then if do they make the postseason? If
1: so, uh, where do they land? Well, you're gonna put me in the prediction mode, huh? I think. <laughs> Before, so they, they did a trip to Italy. So when they do their four-year, every four-year international trip, they open up a practice in August. So before I got to go to that, I was pretty ho-hum on this team, thinking it's probably a six or seven-win team in the Big Ten. There's just too much to replace. I didn't love the recruiting class. And then I got to see practice, and I, I, was, I was one, I was really impressed with Carr um I was pretty impressed with Carr and I feel like they've got a three-person core that is really talented and uniquely they they really complement each other perfectly Carr Oturu and Kalsher, just their their games complement each other perfectly and then but the question's always been as you said like do they have any other bullets in the chamber so of all these plethora of guys, Can they get something out of two or three of them that you're not expecting? And I think that's asking a lot, but I was more encouraged after that practice. And then when I got to see them practice again this last week, I was more encouraged than I thought I was going to be. So I'll say I think this team's going to be a bubble team. And Mm -hmm. whether or not they get in, it kind of depends on, it doesn't kind of depend. It depends on how they do in their non conference, really. I still Mm -hmm. think they're probably a, I mean, the team last year was a pretty good gopher team, and they were nine and eleven in the big ten. So to expect them to be better than that or even at that level in the big ten is is asking a lot. So I think they're probably a seven, maybe an eight win team in the big ten, which puts them on the bubble and then it depends on how they do against Oklahoma Butler, Utah, uh, Clemson, and Oklahoma State, really. Sure, you know, yeah. win three of those games and and I think they're probably in
0: yeah i mean i I will say uh my my prediction's a, a, a tad more skeptical i guess yeah uh, but i I also haven't had the luxury of, of seeing them live uh but um uh,
1: well, i, I have... I've seen them live, but when you don't get to see them against other competition, it's who knows right Carr may stand out and look like the best player on the floor, <laughs> and then when he gets against Michigan State, he's really the eighth best player on the floor like who knows <laughs> if you're not seeing him against other people but um sure yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, 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 have Minnesota 12th in the big 10, but I, I will say, uh, I, as discouraging as that may be, I am the most scared of any team in the lower half. I, I think of putting Minnesota there because sure. i I feel like this team for the reasons we've talked about, uh, you know, one of the big things that, that makes me wary, um, is just so many new pieces, and I know some of these have been around for a year. You know, Carr and Willis have been on the roster, um, but I'm always a little bit wary when when we have so many new pieces. Uh, but also, that makes me kind of uh, hesitant to put them so low because uh, you know there are a lot of new pieces, and you know if a couple of these hit, this team could be pretty good. I I think the ceiling of this team is is probably close to what it was last year, as, as odd as that sounds uh, for my, uh, preseason prediction here. Um, but I, I think more realistically, I, I think they are going to struggle with some of the, the question marks, as I said, of, you know, can they find a, a top tier big 10 star, you know, things of that nature. Uh, yep. but they Books have more than fair. Yeah. They right. have more than, more than enough pieces though, to do some damage in big 10 play. And, and we'll see what happens. I've, I've been wrong before. So <laughs> uh won't be the first, won't be the last. Yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> but, uh, but excellent. Yeah. Well, before we let you go again, thank you for joining us. Any final thoughts on Minnesota, on the big 10, et cetera. Um, and then again, if you could just let people know where, where they can check you out and where they can check out uh, your writing.
1: Sure. We're, we're hitting hard. The previews, uh, we put something up today, at thedailygopher.com, and uh, we're gonna next week is a bye week for football, so we're planning to hit a lot of basketball previews pretty heavy next week. So there'll be a lot of basketball centric uh, content up, and um, yeah, I'm just excited for the season. I'm a college basketball junkie. I love the Big Ten, and I can't wait for it to get going. I hope the Gophers are relevant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, thanks again, uh, Tom. Thanks again to all our listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, Please like us, subscribe to us uh, on whatever your podcast uh, service is Um, and check out BT Powerhouse. We have all our season predictions posting and season previews, pretty uh, extensive coverage on every single team. So uh, I'm Thomas Bendit. Follow me on Twitter at T Bendit. And with that, we'll see you guys next time.